0: Hey, everyone, welcome to the Cultivate Podcast with the Grove Church. I'm Charlie Lofton, the lead pastor there, and thanks so much for joining us. And we are now kind of in week three of a three-week series. We're just kind of talking about what does it really mean to be a godly man? And a couple of weeks ago, we introduced this idea of the warrior poet, which is a quote from the movie Braveheart. And just talking about this idea of of really a godly man has both strength and gentleness, both courage and courageous and tender. And being able to bring both of those things together, knowing how to use one or the other or both, and knowing what the situation calls for. And then last time we got to hear from Roger Harris, an elder in our church, and just kind of just to hear a little bit of his story and how God has kind of been using him and growing him over the years. And we're wrapping up today. We're going to hear from Mark Powell Freeman, also one of the elders in the church, but also executive pastor there. And he's just got some great practical advice, both from his own life and just really some really good encouragement for us and kind of what it would really look like for us to bring these two ideas together. And you are in for a treat with some incredible things that Mark has to say.
1: This uh, this idea that we've been talking about, the the warrior poet, I have... Really appreciated it, you know. Uh, Charlie and I were sitting down one day, and that the first time that he mentioned it, I'd actually forgotten that it is, that it was even a part of Braveheart. I've probably seen it more than he has, but evidently I didn't hang on to the very end because it's like the last scene. And um, but when he brought that up, it just it gave verbiage, it gave some terms to me that have been very helpful ever since, and uh, and especially at the men's retreat, really talking through this and and thinking more deeply about it. These two things that have always been true that I've felt in me, this tension, this, this struggle between the, the warrior and the poet and knowing uh, and having the discernment to know which one to be at what point and at what time and what situation. And then also how to, how to develop both sides of, of who I am and seeing the importance of both sides. I think early on in the setting that I grew up in, it was really the warrior that got all the applause. It was the, the warrior that got all the pats on the back and and had the successes. And so I naturally I wanted to become that uh, and didn't see, really see the value in the poet. You know, our our family, uh, my two boys, long story short, both of them recently have gotten d- dogs. And so these two little boy puppies are out in the yard playing a lot. One's uh, Jack Russell. The other one's, a uh, I think it's a Mastiff lab mix. So obviously he's, he's much bigger than the little dog, but you know, they do what <laughs> they get in the yard. They do what dogs do. Uh, you know, they're both trying to show who's dominant in uh, all sorts of ways. And, uh, and you know, I was watching that the other day, I think, you know, that's pretty much, uh, what it looked like in the, in the small Southwest Arkansas town I grew up in, you know, bunch of, bunch of boys in every different setting, trying to, trying to show how they were more dominant, whether it was, you know, physically, whether it was being able to smack talk better than the other guy, whether it was, it was, and it, and it was these, these, w- what, you know, are more the warrior attribute attributes that you wanted to put forward and, uh, improve that you were more a man than the other guys. You know, most of the guys that, uh, that I grew up around, they were, they were into things like they were the grease monkeys, you know, they would. They'd take their big trucks out in the mud and get them muddy, you know. Get them muddy and then break them and then bring them back into the shop and fix them up. You know, I I love to I love to get my Jeep dirty, but I never wanted to break it because I knew I wouldn't be able to fix it. You know, they, they would also there was a a quarter mile that they would race, and those guys would always be tinkering with their cars to try to get them to go as fast as possible and. I just was never good at that. I really liked cars, but uh, I didn't know how to fix anything. And uh, and when I tried to, to learn that, it just didn't get me excited. So uh, I just watched them. They were the guys that hunted. You know, and from the time they were little, their dad was teaching them how to shoot and they were out in the woods. And as soon as deer season started, they would be out killing something and telling stories about uh, about what they killed and the size of the the horns. And, you know, there was this whole language that, felt like I didn't know. I, uh, I didn't really grow up around that. My dad wasn't much into it. He, he tells a story about his, his brother-in-law who really raised my dad, uh, taking him out hunting and it was cold real early in the morning. It was so cold that the dogs that they had with them got frostbite on their feet and they, they took the dogs and put them back in the car and then they hunted a few more hours. And my dad, his story is that's, that was the last time he went hunting and never planned to go again. So so yeah, I, uh, it just never, you know, being a hunter never really took, I, I made a run at being a cowboy. It, um, it didn't really take either. I mean, you know, it, just like Braveheart, the big movies when I was, you know, high school age where, you know, Tombstone and, uh, Young Guns is one I watched a whole lot. And, um, and so, I you know, they kind of wanted to, eight, eight seconds is another one that that we watched a lot. i I, you know I thought maybe I wanted to do that I never I got some boots uh, never really went full Wrangler so I was always kind of a you know a fake cowboy had some buddies that were really into it they took me out to this fairgrounds one night and uh I thought we were just going to a rodeo but when I got there it wasn't a rodeo they just took a grain sack and drew a circle in the middle of the arena and uh, whoever wanted to from the crowd could step out there and get in the circle and then they just let bulls out and if you stepped out of the circle Then you were out and they just made the circle smaller and smaller and smaller. And no joke, by the time it finished, there was a bull that jumped between these two cowboys and both of them were somehow able to stay in a circle that couldn't have been. I mean, it was like just big enough for their feet to fit. And I was like, man, I don't think I'm a cowboy. (laughs) I'm something, but I don't know. This isn't it. And so for me, you know, it was it was pretty early on that athletics, you know, all the different sports that I got into and in particular football basketball that uh I started to see a little bit of it, of success there and um and so you know I really leaned into that what does it what does it look like to develop these attributes there to to prove again to prove in this group of guys that I deserve to be here and have a place because it it really felt like it was you know it was it was that kind of situation and um and you know i think also my uh my dad you know that Don't get me wrong, incredibly nice guy, but also very initiative taking, taking very much a leader, very much a a type A uh, personality. Uh, There was no doubt in any room that I was ever in with my with my dad that he was the one that was in control. All of his employment had been that way, had been positions that really uh, allowed him to develop that and to use that gifting and that strength. And so I, I naturally wanted to be that also. I remember one of the first personality tests that I took. I I answered all the questions very clearly, and that I was that I was that type of personality. And when by the time it finished, it was almost it was it was obvious that I had I didn't rig it. It's not like I tried to cheat on the personality test because I really wanted the true answer. But I think I wanted to be that person so much, and had only seen that person so much that I I answered from what I knew, but I had never really evaluated my own heart of of who who I really am, you know, and um. And there were things that I, I didn't see before that now I see. And if I took that test again or the test that I have taken since then, um, I'm obviously more of a mix of the other personality types than just the one. But it took some things happening in my life. I had a buddy, a real close friend of mine that, that died in the drowning accident. And, I, you know, I'll be honest with you, that's, that's when I, I really found my tears. I remember just, you know, finding the end of myself in those moments and realizing I couldn't bottle up those emotions anymore, I had developed that, that skill of being able to bottle it up, not even more, subconscious, more subconsciously than, than consciously, but I had no way to bottle them anymore because I didn't know what to do with that loss. I started to notice that the things that really drew me in were more creative things. The things that, like singing in the choir, you know, not that I have a great voice, but I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed creative writing, you know, things that weren't the warrior. In fact, some things that I even got made fun of and are probably one of the reasons that I didn't want to put forward uh, when I was young because they weren't cool among the dudes that I hung out with, but they were by nature kind of who I was and I didn't know what to do with. For another another example, uh, you know, I got married at, at 20 and um, Terry and I were trying to figure out what it looked like to be married. And one thing you'll... Find out if you hang out with us much is that Terry and I, the normal stereotypes for the guy and the girl, we don't necessarily fit. So I remember going to a marriage retreat conference and uh, the jokes that the speaker was telling that were really the jokes about, you know, I guess the hardships or the the struggles with being a husband, Terry would kind of laugh at and, you know, like, like she identified more with and the ones that the wives were like giggling about, like, like we were kind of looking at each other, like, this is weird we're, we're the opposite of what it feels like most of this room is because I'm the one who at the end of the day wants to, wants to talk and kind of debrief what's going on that day. I'm, I would probably be the first one to, to cry and to show emotion. You know, I'm the one that is is saying, I love you the most. I like that, that emotional side of me is a, a little bit more forward facing than, uh, Ben Terry's is actually. And so that, I knew that part of me uh, was down in there. In fact, probably the the worst example I, or the best example, I guess it depends on who's, uh, who I'm talking to. But I, uh, I was at this, this retreat on the mission field, speaker, great speaker, really touching, moving talk. And, uh, so when it was over, I walked over to another guy that I was good friends with an older pastor that had, that had been overseas for a long time. And man, it was just, you know, just really feeling it was about us connecting and uh, about our unity and, and Jesus. And, and so I just go over to give this guy a hug, and and often when I give Terry a hug, I'll also just kind of lean in and give her a little kiss on the neck. And um, without thinking about it, I I leaned in and started to pucker up and give this dude a kiss on the neck. And by the time I realized what I was doing, I was already it was I was already too far. And uh, yeah, so I actually I, I kissed the dude on the neck. And then as I'm backing up from this, I'm like, man, am I gonna am I gonna? Like, <laughs> am I going to own up to what just happened or am I going to pretend like it didn't happen? And maybe he's just, does he even realize what? So I, I just decided, you know what, I'm going to act like it never happened and he never said anything and I never said anything. So I don't even know if he knows, but I know. And uh, I guess that, that just reveals that I, I know the, the, the poet, that more sensitive side is in me. <laughs> and I know the warrior, I've seen the warrior and seen how that plays out. And I think that both are there and, uh, and this struggle of you know which one at what moment, and how do I develop in both? Both is is a big one for me, and so I'm hoping as we uh, as we continue here, there's a few things that I want to bring out. The, the practice, what does the practice look like of developing the warrior and becoming the warrior and being the warrior? The poet, what does the practice of the poet look like? And then maybe the biggest question is uh, having the discernment to know which one to be at what times, which I think. Without discernment, that's that's what gets us into trouble. So, so here we go. A warrior. When you think about a warrior, what what words would you use to describe it? You know, I've spent some time thinking about this, and you know, in the word uh, a warrior, if we're if we're really thinking about it, it's uh, you know a guy that's in the middle of a battle, and so there are those attributes that you would want someone to have who who is going to war. I actually had a coach back in in college. He took over the job, I guess, after, let's see, the spring semester of my sophomore year. And he walks in the locker room, first day, hands out all these index cards, doesn't know any of us. Well, none of us really know him. I've never met him before. And immediately he tells this story. He says, hey, you are in a war. You were in a battle. You were you in a foxhole. And... Bullets whizzing by, the enemy's approaching. You can hear them getting closer and closer, and you get three guys from this room in your foxhole with you. Write down on your index card what three guys you want in your foxhole. Now realize, if any one of these guys cries out or shows any sign of weakness, you all, all four of you will die. And so we all wrote names on our on our index cards, and, I, and this guy. Uh, I love him, man. One of my, one of my favorite guys. He takes the, these cards and that's how he decides who he's going to keep and who he's going to uh, drop off the team. That's how he makes decisions about who's going to be the leaders the next year and the captains on the team, who gets to play, who doesn't get to play. All based on, you know, do our teammates believe and trust and, and want you in their foxhole? And um, man... I don't know about you. I I, I want to be a guy that other guys want in their foxhole. But to do that, these attributes that I thought about, like like being aggressive. Mm-hmm. Who, who do I want in my foxhole? I want somebody who's gonna who's gonna take it. You know, be aggressive when it's needed. Be assertive. Be decisive. Be strategic. You know, for a warrior, losing losing isn't an option because just like he said, if anybody shows weakness uh you you die so so you don't losing isn't an option so they they want to win so there's some competitive nature to them they're confident man you got to be confident if you're going to if you're going to be in the fight a bit shrewd you know it, even this is simply as just being physically able to do the things that you need to do you know a warrior needs to be be physically able uh, initiative taking even I know this is a, a kind of a, a word we might not like to use a lot, but but dominant if we're talking about a warrior. And uh is there a place for these kinds of things? You know, and um and are they I think some of these words we just talk about as though and have maybe been told that they're all bad. But I'm telling you, in my foxhole, I want somebody who has these attributes. And there are places that that these things become become really important. I mean, you know, even in, in in our life that you think you wouldn't see it a lot, like, man, you know, you're at uh, some, some, you know, party for your, your company and you look across the room and there's a man trying to make a pass at your wife. Do you just, you know, look the other way? Do you treat that kindly? Or, uh, or do you go and become these words? Uh, assertive, decisive, uh, confident. Do you, do you protect your wife? You know, your family needs the promotion that you're up for, but it means that you're going to have to win and you're going to have to be competitive. I'm not saying cheat or, or do anything shady. I'm just saying you're going to have to be assertive. Do you back down or, or do you step into that? You know, I think, I think in raising kids, I've just seen it a lot that it's, I want to um, be soft all the time and kind all the time and gentle. All the time, I want to reason with them about the do's and don'ts, and um, I'm just seeing that there is a, there's a place for that, but there's also a place that as fathers we just got to say, "Hey, I'm, I'm dad," <laughs> and there is a right and a wrong, and we're not reasoning together about this. I'm being decisive, you know. Even even this, this is something that I've thought about often. You know, in a in a, a tribe in in Africa, you know, a family's walking across the the plains or uh, whatever you call that area, the desert and um, a lion attacks, you know, a, a father and a, and a, a husband in, in Africa would have to be ready physically to, to take care of the lion. Are we, are we ready? <laughs> you know, young guys, young guys are, they, they realize how important that is. They, uh, there was a time frame where I was around a lot of guys who were getting married and I I noticed that they started using this term term LGN which I had to ask them for uh, clarity about what that meant and they said it it meant look good naked because they were, they were you know getting ready to get married and they were really concerned. I noticed they were all like their diets were getting better and they were working out a lot more and I was like, "Man, that's a that's a that's an interesting term." You know, I think most of my buddies that have been married for a while, it's more of a IDC. you know, I I don't I don't care anymore. And I think I think that says something like, if, is, is the fight not there anymore? Is the pursuit of our, our woman, uh, have we lost it? Or is it still something that we, we consider really important? You know, there's one of my favorite quotes from Rocky. If you've been around me much, you know I love some, I love me some Rocky movies. One of my favorites is from Rocky IV, which is not the best Rocky, even though everybody thinks that it is, but, but there is a great quote. Paolo is talking to Rocky and he's trying to make the decision about taking the fight with the Russian. He says to Rocky, "You know, man, if uh, we're warriors, Rock." And he's like, "Man, if there's no war to fight, then the warrior might as well be dead." And uh, I think a question we really have to ask ourselves is: Is there a war to fight? Is there a, a princess to go save from the top, from the top of the castle? <laughs> is it is it that way, or is are all the wars over, or have all the fights been fought? Have all the princesses been saved? Or, or do we have a reason to really pursue and to grow in these areas? Is there a place for the warrior? You know, I think my, uh, my boys uh, and, you know, we, when we were young, we had ways to develop it. Like I said before, sports was a, a great way that I could develop it. I mean, I, I knew every afternoon at uh, football practice, I was going to get the chance to, to hit or be hit. <laughs> I was going to get the chance to, to test my courage, you know, to really challenge myself. You know, I, sometimes I get really sad about the fact that those opportunities don't seem as readily available anymore. I've got a buddy who got really has gotten into jujitsu and um, met with him the other day. And he was talking about that morning, you know, he had he'd had been on the mat with with his other dude. And really, he kind of his arm was hurting because he, he got him in a crazy hold. And and I realized, man, I, there, I miss that. And I could tell this dude was coming alive. As he was really you know developing more the- the the warrior side and and it and it's beautiful, you know one of my my favorite stories uh in the bible second samuel twenty three you know it's this list there's all these mighty men and and one of the guys his name is Benaya, and it says a few things you know and it and it it's got these little one like quick statements about all these different dudes, and most of them are about how they did some crazy feat in the middle of a war and took out a bunch of guys and Benaya, it says that you know some things like that, but it also just says that he went down in a pit on a snowy day and took out a lion. You know, that's 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 just curious to me. Like, so it's I mean, you, you can imagine fighting a lion on a snowy day is is difficult, slippery. He's got the advantage. Now he's he's down in the pit, and you're gonna not not go away, but go go towards him. And again, he he's got the advantage, and you're gonna you're gonna go and. And kill a lion, and I, you know, we don't know the backstory. You know, did the the nearby village had the uh, the lion, you know, killed some people, and they like they're like, man, we need somebody to exer- uh, exterminate the lion, and so hey, let go get Benaya, he's not afraid, and so they go get Benaya, and he does it, or or maybe was he just walking by, and he's like, there's a lion, and I'm feeling kind of rusty. There hasn't been a battle in a while, and so me and the lion are about to go at it. And he's just honing his skills. I don't know, but for some reason, you know, he, he goes after a lion. And thats I like that mentality. There's something really beautiful about that and the courage. You know, Song of Solomon's another place that, you know, we've talked quite a bit, did a series on this not too long ago. But I love it as the as the, the, the young woman in Song of Solomon says that that he is like a leaping and bounding young stag as he as he chases after her and she she calls on him to chase the foxes in uh, in their garden so in their in their relationship the things that could really cause them trouble she says man would you i want you to take the initiative and go kill the foxes and so it's there's this this is who he is and she can expect that he's going to he's going to be assertive be initiative taking At the same time, she also says that his words are sweet, uh, that he's kind. You know, it appears that, you know, I know Charlie has shared a a few of those different examples. This uh, this looks to be another where there's this balance of both the warrior and the poet. And we see that she is crazy attractive, attracted to the balance of the two. Which is something, honestly, I mean, I've told my uh, my sons forever, I mean, if you guys will balance these two things, I didn't have the, the warrior poet terms, but I, like, if you'll be both strong and tender, that will be crazy attractive. I mean, you will shine like a star in the sky uh, among all the other guys. You know, I had an old, old pastor friend who would often lead Bible studies and he would finish them by saying, yeah, fellas, if you'll... If you'll do that if you'll do what the what the bible study just taught us to do man your your wife's going to want to make love to you all the time <laughs> and and i remember every time looking around the room and it was like everybody all of a sudden put exclamation points by the the action step of that bible study everybody got real serious about it uh real quick because uh because yeah but 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 isn't it true this this balance of these two i, I think you'd have a hard time finding a uh, a girl on the planet who would say yeah, that's that's not what i want. <laughs> All right. So so we've got the the poet. I mean, we've got the warrior. Let's talk for a second about the poet. What does it look like to be the poet? So what words come to mind? I uh a few for me, gentle, thoughtful, patient, kind, humble. I think there's there's a lot of others that we could add to that. You know, what is it what does it look like to be the poet and to, to really develop these things, to stretch those, those muscles. You know, I think one thing that I've seen for me when Terry comes home and she tells me problems, you know, she's, this thing needs fixed. This thing needs done. This thing happened. She's a teacher. You know, this thing happened at school today. And I, I just, by nature, uh, am going to try to fix that. I just, I'm going to come at it with answers. So you got a problem, baby, I'll fix your problem. This is what you do. Do this, do this, do this. Tell that person this. Do you need me to come do it? You know, I'm immediately assertive, immediately decisive, immediately like we'll take care of this problem. And uh, I think one thing that I've seen the the poet, well, one thing is a lot of times when I say I'll fix it, she's like, well, I didn't need you to fix it. I just needed you to listen, which is mind blowing to me. Why would why would we not fix the problem? But, you know, the longer we've been together, the more that I've realized there's what she needs in that moment is not, is not the warrior. She needs the poet. She needs me to stop and to, and to listen. And so i forced myself some as i tried to stretch these muscles. What does it look like to, to listen well enough? Truly listen, not just like look at her, but my mind be somewhere else. But, but truly listen and engage the emotions of what she's feeling. And what's driving all the emotion that she it, that's causing her to feel like she needs to share with this with me right now, and then a lot of times I, I see why she doesn't need it fixed. She just needed to to vent and the process, and I and wanted me to feel that with her. I think the big part of developing the poet is is being able to develop and understand those emotions and those feelings, and to hang out there a little bit, and uh, and I don't know a better word than maybe maybe marinate in them enough. You know, I think. Bottling them just meant that I feeling something other than maybe anger and these aggressive things, but feeling those tender things was bad. So I was just going to bottle it and maybe stretching these muscles means uh, staying there for a minute, you know, when my little girl wants to have a tea party and to put a pink hat on me, like everything in me says, this is not good, (laughs) but it actually is, is beautiful. What does it look like for me to to hang there for a minute and to, uh, to embrace that side. You know, as, as we were at the men's retreat, one thought that I had, you know, that old saying, uh, a hammer only knows uh, nails, you know, it just wants to find a nail and, and knock it down. And maybe that's a a picture of the, of the warrior, but it's interesting that, that a hammer, you know, it has both sides. It has the the, the hammer side, but then it also has the claw side, or the, the the thing that you would use to undo, that you would that remove the the nails. And it feels like the warrior poet is is both of these things, and the the trick is having both, developing both, but knowing when to use uh, one or the other. This this question of discernment, which I just think is so so needed we are just not good at it. I, I I know very few fellas that are good at being able to discern what is needed in the moment. And it, and, and a lot of it, you know, to have the, it's supernatural discernment, God's kind of discernment, we're going to have to really not just, you know, go into our emotions and our thoughts. We're going to have to go to to his spirit that's in us and ask for guidance. You know, Romans 12 talks about this, that it's possible that we would be able to test and approve his good pleasing and perfect will but it's going to mean you know that we are not conforming any longer to the pattern of the world but being transformed by the renewing of our mind that we are we are living in his word and we're looking to him for answers and he says that he will give us the ability to test and approve what's right hebrews 5 talks about it that the mature have trained their power of discernment by constant practice. So our discernment is something that, that requires constant practice. And it is a, a power of discernment. And I'm telling you that this, uh, this power of discernment is so critical because you can have both of these and, and, and be a really strong poet and a really strong warrior and use them inappropriately and everything breaks. I mean, being able to be discerning and God promises to give us that if we'll lean into it and so so what are we going to do? i uh a few just just closing examples you know uh, a couple of years ago my my daughter Darcy, she uh, fell off the monkey bars, broke her arm, and she was in a cast, and we were just out one weekend you know playing around and there was this little creek by the side of the road, and we got out, and uh, her brother, twin brother and and me and her we we just started to walk down the creek and there were a couple of teenagers down there and this guy comes over to her and I could tell that he was, that his intentions weren't great, but I didn't want to just be too cold and hard. And the angle he came, he he came from a place where, you know, where she was, but I was on the other side. And, and he started talking to her about her broken arm and he, and he grabbed her hand and he started to get real friendly with her. And I was nice at first. And then I became more stern. And then finally put myself between the two of them and took the twins and, and we moved on. And as I got to the car, another dad, you know, pulled into the driveway and jumped out of the car. And he said, have you seen two teenage boys? And, and I said, yeah, they were, they were down there. And he's, I said, why? And he's like, it's my teenage daughter and her friends were down by the creek and they were giving them a lot of trouble. And, uh, when the girls didn't, didn't give them any play, they went and threw rocks at the cars and, and broke windows and things. And, uh, we went looking for the guys and they had run off. And I share that story because I, you know, you know, in a, moment like that, it, it called for me to be stern. It called for me to be the warrior and, uh, want to be real careful to be able to discern the moments that, that require that, you know, I, I, another uh, example, I was at our, our neighborhood pool one summer and, uh, this really sweet Vietnamese family came out to the pool in the evening and, their their children they were swimming in the baby pool and the parents got in with their with their pants on which you know might be a little bit different I probably wouldn't wear my blue jeans into the pool but but they were having a great time and and no problem with it and uh I guess it maybe was a rule at the pool that you're not supposed to wear street clothes into the pool but obviously they were just playing with their kids and somebody from the neighborhood went over and scolded them <laughs> and my friend uh, it was just awesome. Maybe this is a picture of the balance of these two things. My friend walked over and pulled the the accuser aside and said, "Why, why, why would you do this?" And uh, scolded them a bit. And then he went and loved on that family and told them they were more than welcome. And uh, apologized for the other person. And I just, I just sat there and watched. I remember I got really teary-eyed just thinking about how beautiful. Uh, He had balanced both of these things and loved these people really well uh, and stood up for them in a situation that they would have had a difficult time standing up for themselves and how much the warrior was needed and how much the kindness and the gentleness was also there. So for you, I know that these are, I've tried to give a lot of examples to uh, maybe we can call out and see when these moments happen. And so, uh, as you continue to think about this, uh, maybe some questions to, to work through. Think about yourself in, the, in these attributes of a warrior. Are these things that you're strong in? Or are, there, are they weaknesses for you? What, what could you be doing to really develop and grow in the area of a warrior? And the same thing with a poet. Is, uh, I would guess that for most guys, one is stronger than the other. And what would it look like to, to really develop the one that you're, that you're weakest in? And then this, this part of discernment, uh, it goes way beyond this discussion, but really asking God to give you eyes to see the right decision to make in the moment, knowing that um, just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should. And because you could, you could stay silent doesn't mean that staying silent is the right thing either. So having the wisdom of God to be able to enter into situations and be His man in the moment, I think that's huge. So I encourage you.
0: Well, between what Mark had to say and what Roger had to say, we, I mean, we just some great encouragement for us in really just figuring out how to be a balanced, godly man who has both the courage and the strength and the gentleness and tenderness to be this warrior poet, to be a man after God's own heart, to be a man like Jesus was, and not allow ourselves to kind of fall into these stereotypes, these kind of two-dimensional or maybe even one-dimensional caricatures. Of what it means to be a man. And so I hope you've been encouraged. I hope you've got something that you can you can kind of hold on to to, to grow and to become just an even better man. And so, as always, if you got any questions, any thoughts, you can just email me at charlie at thegrovechurch.org. I'd love to hear them. And um, if you're new uh, to the grove, we'd love to see you on a Sunday. You can find out all about our services at thegrovechurch.org/slash connect. And if you can visit us live. Uh, You can find all that, or you can join us for a stream. Either way, we would love to connect with you. You can fill out the form that's there, and we would love to meet you. Again, I'm Charlie Lofton, the lead pastor there, and thanks for joining us in the Cultivate podcast.